our scripture passage this morning from Jeremiah 29 might be familiar to some of you. I actually preached on it a couple of years ago. And so this morning I want to do something a bit different. I want for us to experience what the Babylonian exiles experienced when they heard Jeremiah's word. And we're going to do this through a short series of dramatic vignettes. As Jeremiah chapter 29 opens, the disaster that Jeremiah has been warning God's people about throughout his entire book, the disaster that we've been talking about throughout our entire sermon series, has finally taken place. God, in an extraordinary act of judgment on his own people, has allowed the massive armies of Nebuchadnezzar to swarm into the land. And they've pretty much walked right over Judah's hapless army. They have besieged, breached, and burned town and city after city, including Jerusalem and its temple. And they have dragged every educated and prominent family in Judah in chains a thousand miles across the desert to Babylon to live as exiles. Jeremiah himself distraught to see his prophecies of judgment actually coming true remains in Jerusalem among the smoldering ruins. But for all of those exiled families, the long march to Babylon was beyond harrowing. And their new circumstances, their new context is completely um, surprising and uncomfortable. The recently arrived exiles in Babylon long for home. In fact, there are some priests and some prophets among them that are insisting that God is soon going to grant that wish, that God, within a matter of months, will allow them to return to Judah. And the exiles grab onto that shred of hope because they hate it here. They hate it because, of course, they have to live among their nation's conquering foe. They hate it because they fear and they distrust their pagan Babylonian neighbors, among whom they and their children have to live and commingle at close quarters. Which is why everyone is so excited about the news of a letter that has just arrived from Jerusalem. A letter that tonight the assembled exiles, the assembled Judean exiles, are going to hear read aloud when they get together. It is a letter from that odd prophet Jeremiah, still back in Judah. But eccentric as Jeremiah is, the exiles have got to admit that every one of his dark predictions has come true. But surely, Jeremiah would agree that they have paid enough for their sins. Surely, Jeremiah is sending word of God's promise of a speedy return. But Jeremiah's letter contains no such promise. When 
the exiles gather this evening to hear Jeremiah's letter read. They will hear Jeremiah deliver words of God, but they will be words like they have never heard before. What Jeremiah claims that God is asking them to do there in Babylon is almost unimaginable. It's, it's backwards. It is upside down. It's against every pious instinct that they have. Surely God doesn't mean that. Unless, unless God is up to something no one saw coming. Susanna has cleaned up from dinner. She's left the kids with the sitter and she's on her way out the door to that gathering of the exiles that the leaders called for tonight. As she crosses the room, her thoughts, which all afternoon have pondered the contents of this mysterious letter from Judah, are momentarily interrupted by the sight of that wicker basket. It actually happens quite often as she goes about any work. That basket is, after all, the one solitary thing she was able to rescue from their burning home in Jerusalem as they fled. It surprises her how much she treasures it. It never meant to, that much to her back home, but here it almost seems sacred. It's as if all of her hopes that she and her family might be quickly delivered from this nightmare, might soon return to all they know and love, all those hopes are concentrated in this one simple basket. The basket turned out to be a lifesaver on that long journey here, a way to carry the few scraps of food and clothing that the soldiers issued them. And if it helped get her family here, maybe it can help them go home as well. She closes her eyes and she can see herself carrying that basket on that joyful return journey back into the West. But for now, this basket reminds her many times a day just how much she loathes this place. How much she loathes her Neighbors, loathes the local market, loathes everything about Babylon. Like that creepy Babylonian family next door. She hates their strange names and their strange language, the strange smell of their cooking that wafts over the wall. None of it kosher. She's exhausted, keeping her kids separated from theirs, avoiding eye contact with the woman of the house, weary of living so close to her family's mortal enemies. She sets down the basket and leaves for the gathering, full of fresh anger, suspicion, and grief that her family must endure the torment of exile. As you folks may know, a letter arrived this morning 
And yes, it is a letter from the prophet Jeremiah of Anathoth. It's addressed to us. Written, oh, I'd say about three weeks ago. I'll read it, but I've got to say, it's not, I don't think it's what we were expecting. And, and quite frankly, I, I just don't know what to make of it. Anyway, here's what Jeremiah writes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles who have been sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons. And give your daughters in marriage that they may bear, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. And pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let the prophets and the diviners who are among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams that they dream. For it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, says the Lord. Susanna can't quite believe what she's doing. She wonders if she's lost her mind. She finds herself feeling both nervous and excited at the same time, like she's discovering something completely new and exciting, but she has no idea how to do it. And all because of that strange letter last night. At first, like everyone in the room, she was angry. How could that prophet dash so cruelly all of their hopes of a quick return after all that they'd suffered? How could a prophet of Israel's God, a pious Judean, be so sympathetic toward all these pagans who surround them on every side? Pray for them? These aren't God's people. They are Gentile Babylonians. Her husband thought Jeremiah had lost his mind, if not his faith. And for the rest of the night, he spit whenever he said the prophet's name. But the more she thought about it, the more the whole thing got under her skin. It even kept her up much of the night. And the more she pondered what Jeremiah wrote, the more she even prayed about it, the more she started to soften. What if, she wondered, Israel's God had not been defeated by Babylon's gods. What if God is even now fully in control, even here? What if he knows what he's doing? 
What if God had actually sent them all this way on purpose? What if God did it not so that she and her family and friends would waste away in exile? What if God had sent them on some sort of mission? What if that pagan family next door is the reason my family is here? All of which was still in her head this morning as she walked into the kitchen. And what should she notice before anything else? What was illumined by a single ray of the Mesopotamian morning sun coming in the window? That basket. And she knew immediately what she was supposed to do. But it took her an hour or so to work up the courage. It was an outrageous idea, she knew. It was both terrifying and exhilarating. She had no idea what the family next door would think of her Jewish pastries, but it was all that she could think to do. She wasn't even sure how she would start a conversation with the language barrier and the huge cultural gap and the months of suspicious glares that she had thrown their way whenever she saw them out on the street. She wishes that she could apologize in fluent Acadian. Hopefully the pastries will express the words that she can't. In their welfare we'll find our welfare. That phrase from Jeremiah's letter just keeps going around in her head. What a total reversal of how just a day ago she was convinced she was supposed to think about those neighbors. And what a reversal of what she hoped this basket would be used for next. It came all the way from Judah to carry pastries next door. We serve a mysterious God, do we not? Well, here goes nothing, she thought as she walks out the front door. to read a somewhat updated paraphrase of this morning's scripture. This is Jeremiah 29 verses 4 through 9 in the NCPC translation. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to the members of North Creek Presbyterian Church. I know sometimes you feel like you are in exile. That you live in a hostile and secular culture that doesn't understand you. You feel like a stranger to your neighbors, your co-workers, your classmates, a stranger in this community where you live. I know that because of this, you are tempted to withdraw, close yourselves off, stick to your own kind. So hear the word of the Lord. Do not listen to false prophets who tell you this. Because all the world is mine. Because I am redeeming all creation. You are not 
in fact, in exile, but are in the very place I have intentionally sent you as my great mission unfolds. These neighborhoods in which you live, your workplaces, your schools, are also full of my beloved children. And I put you next to them for a reason. So instead of withdrawing, pray for the peace and prosperity of the community in which I have placed you. Pray for your neighbors, your co-workers, your classmates. Be curious about their lives. Start a conversation. Share muffins with them. Share life with them. Because if you're a follower of my son, who died for all humankind, you can never indulge in us versus them. Instead, in their welfare, you will discover your own welfare. So build houses and settle down. Plant a garden. Get to know your neighbors. And be my people in the places I have sent you. Thus says the Lord. Amen. Amen.